Today, Pastor Javen begins a new series called Fear Not. Our walk should be one that chooses faith over fear, but certain fears are often hard to overcome. Today we look at how we can still have faith even through the fear of uncertainty. So take a moment to pause and pray, preparing your heart for today's service. So several weeks ago, a couple months ago, uh, I shared from 1 Corinthians chapter 13 to you. We looked at 1 Corinthians 13 verse 13 and Paul encouraged us and he told us that there is... Um, there are three things that are a part of our Christian walk that always remain, that's always a part of our life. And those three things are faith, hope, and love. Those three things remain in, in, above all and in everything that we do. And in October, we looked at the greatest of these, which is love. Is what, that's what Paul said, the greatest of these. So we looked at what that meant is from the love of God. Last month, we finished up last week, the series called My Hope is In, where we, where we looked at who our hope as believers can be in and what that kind of hope looks like. So I encourage you, if you ever miss a message or a series or worship or anything, you can always go back online to worship. You can always find the full service on Facebook and YouTube. You can get the message on, uh, on our website, on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Play, on Vimeo. It's available to you everywhere, free of charge. That's because you give. So anyway, so that's, that's there. But this month, we're going to move into this series, this next series called Fear Not, where we're going to look at our faith and who our faith is in and the faith that we have in Christ. Fear is a crazy thing, right? Now I imagine probably every person in this room has some type of fear. Of course, not the macho of macho. I mean, I understand that the macho of macho have no fear whatsoever. There's nothing that you're afraid of. But, but there, most of us in this room, we probably have something, watching online, we probably have something that we're afraid of. Now, I am not going to share with you what my, one of my biggest fears is. And the reason I'm not going to do that is because most of you knew what Pastor Casey, our previously pastor's biggest fear was. And when you knew that, you took advantage of that. And... and I never did, but you did. You took advantage of that and tried to, 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 to fear, bring fear into his life. So I'm not going to share with you my fear, <laughs> but we all have fears. I, I heard Jerry Seinfeld say in, in a routine one time, this was hilarious to me. He said that a study that he heard, he saw that the average person, the average person's greatest fear, the number one fear for the average person was public speaking. In other words, you would, most of you in this room would not want to be up here doing what I'm doing right now. The number one fear for the average person is public speaking. The number two fear for the average person is death. So this was the revelation that Seinfeld had from that, and I thought it was absolutely hilarious. He said if we were at a funeral, that meant that the average person in that room would have rather been in the casket than on the stage <laughs> giving the eulogy. Fear is a crazy, crazy thing. And a lot of people would say that fear is the absence of faith. But I've heard the argument, and I kind of agree with this argument, I believe. That fear is not necessarily the absence of faith. Fear is putting our faith in the wrong thing. Fear is placing our faith in things, in, in the what ifs. What if the economy crashes? What if things don't go the way I want them to go? What if COVID never stops? What if another variant comes along that's more dangerous than the last variant? What if, what if I never get married? What if I marry a jerk? What if I have kids with that jerk? And those kids are a lifelong memory of the jerk that I married. You know, we all have these what ifs in our life. 
that, that we, we start think, thinking about. And, and we have these, this, this fear. Fear is placing our faith in the worst case scenarios, right? We have more faith in something going wrong than we do in God being able to work things out, as the scripture says, for our good. The message that is heard over and over in scripture around the the birth of Christ, this season that we're celebrating, this season that we're in, Christmas, the message that we see oftentimes is a message of fear not. It's a message from the angels telling the listeners, don't be afraid. Zechariah was one of those. The angel approached Zechariah. When Zechariah saw the angel, he got scared. And the angel looked at Zechariah and said, fear not. And then he gave him a message about the son he was about to have. Mary, an angel approached Mary and, and, and Mary began to get fearful about the message the angel was speaking to her. And the angel told her, fear not, don't be afraid. We'll look more at those two next week. Then, then you've got Joseph. Joseph was afraid about the message Mary had just told him and, and what was going to take place. And the angel approached Joseph in a dream and he told him, fear not, Joseph, don't be afraid. We'll look more at that in just a second. And then the angel also approached the shepherds who were out in the field and he gave them a message of fear not. This is kind of the the verses that are these next few weeks are going to kind of hinge on. And I want us to look at them together. It's from Luke chapter two. So let's look at these verses together. Luke chapter two, verse eight is where we'll start. He says that night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. That's what shepherds do. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, probably justifiably so, because that's not something that happened every night when they were just out there tending sheep. But the angel reassured them. This translation says, Don't be afraid. Your translation may simply say, fear not. And they go on and they say, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. Good news. This is not news to be afraid of. This is, don't, don't be scared about this. I bring you good news today. Good news that the rest of your life and the rest of humanity can cling to. That today, a Savior has been born and his name is Jesus Christ, the Lord. So I want to ask you as we get started this morning, what are you afraid of? What are you putting more faith in going wrong than you are putting faith in God's promises prevailing in your life? Where is your faith this morning? A fear that I've often heard, and, I, and I, when I was a youth pastor, we talk about fear. This fear was brought up all the time. I've even heard, I hear adults say it all the time. There's actually even a clinical diagnosis for this fear now. It's a fear of uncertainty, a fear of the unknown. The diagnosis that goes with it, counselors, psychologists, they, they give it, it's an intolerance of uncertainty is what they call it. Because, because when things are uncertain, when things are unknown, all of a sudden anxiety starts building up, depression starts building up, uh, stress, worry, all these things start happening because you don't know what's around the corner. You don't know what's going to happen. You're uncertain about the future. But I want to reference a couple of scenarios from the lineage of Christ 
from the genealogy that we see of Jesus to see where there were people in that genealogy, in that lineage, who had to have faith despite not knowing what was around the corner. And because of their faith, even in spite, despite the uncertainty and the unknown, through their faith, down the road, we see God purpose, God's purposes prevail through the birth of Christ. You know, when you look at the, the genealogy of Jesus in your scriptures, sometimes we see these genealogies and we just kind of skim through them. But the genealogy of Jesus, especially when you look at those, you are seeing God's purposes come to pass up to the birth of Christ. God's purposes come to pass through the stories of individuals who got to play a part leading up to the birth of Christ. And so I want to look both Matthew and, um, and Luke in their genealogy of Joseph and Mary Both of them point back to who Christ came from, and that was the line of Abraham. Abraham. And I want us to see from the author of Hebrews what he says, or or the author of Hebrews says about Abraham and about the faith that Abraham had. It's in Hebrews chapter 11. So you can skip over to Hebrews chapter 11. And this is, and we'll have it on the screen for you as well, but it starts in verse 8. The author of Hebrews says this about Abraham. He says, it was by what? Faith that Abraham, what did he do? Obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance. He went, did he went, did he go knowing every detail? He went without knowing even where he was going. And even when he reached the land God promised him, he lived there by faith. For he was like a foreigner living in tents. And so did Isaac and Jacob, who would be named in that lineage of Jesus as well, who inherited the same promise. Abraham was confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations, a city designed and built by God. Abraham, by faith, went to where God was leading him not knowing where God was leading him. How many of you would sign up for that trip in a heartbeat? You know, don't, I mean, Abraham, basically, he knew kind of, kind of the beginning. He kind of knew the first step was to just go. So that was the beginning. He knew the beginning. He kind of knew the end. Because in, in Genesis, we see that God told Abraham, I'm going to build you into a great nation. So he kind of knew that somewhere down the road, God was going to do something through his lineage. So he kind of knew the beginning, he kind of knew the end, but in between, he had no idea what was taking place. In the mess of the middle, it was all uncertainty. It was all unknown. But what Abraham had to do was in the middle of all that uncertainty, he just had to trust and obey. Several years ago, there was an email that started circulating. And this email had this paragraph in it that looked like just a bunch of mumbled, jumbled mess. But it was interesting when you started looking at that paragraph, it kind of started making sense to you. I want to throw this paragraph up on the screen. I want to just look at it for two to three seconds and see if you can make out what that's saying. I'll give you just a couple of seconds. All right, you're probably getting it, but I'm just going to read it to you. According to research at Cambridge University, it doesn't matter in what order the letters in a word are. The only important thing is that the first and last letter be at the right place. The rest can be a total mess and you can still read it without problem. This is because the human mind does not read every letter by itself, but the word as a whole. Now, how crazy is that? 
Maybe you've seen that before and you thought when you first originally thought, saw it, you were like, man, that's amazing. And of course, just like with everything else in life, there were people that wanted to debate, well, it's just not that simple. You know, just can't, you know, there's a lot more complexity to that issue. You know, God bless you people who want to debate everything. But, but there was, there, 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 as you went into it, yes, the more complex the word got and, and the more rearranged letters are, yes, it can become a little more difficult to see. But there was one truth that remained in all of it. As long as the first letter and the last letter were in place, you could make out what that word at some point was saying. So here's the thing. Here's the truth we need to hold as believers and as followers of Christ. If we are people of faith, when the middle starts getting messy... When the uncertainty starts seeming a little out of place and we we don't know what's going to happen. When the unknown is all we can see, take a step back and remember, you know, the one your hope is in, your faith is in the one who is the beginning and the end, who is the alpha and the omega, who is the first and the last. And as long as your faith is in the one who is the first and the last, everything else in the middle will line up exactly how God needs it to line up for your life. In fact, look at what, John, what, look at what Jesus told John. When John was exiled on the Isle of Patmos, John had a vision and he wrote this vision out to us in the book of Revelation. And at the very beginning of that, when John started hearing Jesus speak to him, look at what he says in, John, in Revelation chapter one. He said, when I saw him, I fell at his feet as if I were dead, but he laid his right hand on me. And what did he tell him? Don't be afraid. Fear not. What do he say? I'm the first and the last. In other words, I started this story. I'm going to end it. So everything that's in the middle, just trust me. The prophet Isaiah even spoke to this long before Jesus would ever come in Isaiah chapter 46. The prophet Isaiah said these words. He said, declaring the what? The end from the beginning. And from ancient times, things which have not been done saying my purpose will be established and I will accomplish my good pleasure. In other words, whatever God has in line to happen, it will happen according to his will. So when things don't make sense, our goal, what we need to do is to trust and obey, to have faith in the God who is the first and the last. When Paul wrote his uh, letter to the church of Galatia, to the Galatians, you know, he's writing this letter to them because they were predominantly Gentiles. And he was telling them, look, you got a lot of people telling you in your ear that there's a lot of laws, a lot of rules, a lot of regulations you need to follow now if you're going to be a follower of God. And that is not the case. You are a follower of God through his son, Jesus Christ. So the law and the regulations, you don't necessarily, you, you, th- those aren't for you. Okay. And so th- that old covenant, that's not for you. We're under a new covenant now with Christ. And so, but in that writing, in that letter to the church of Galatia, he makes these, uh, this statement and I, about Abraham. I want us to see what he says. Galatians uh, chapter three, just these references to Abraham. All right. Galatians chapter three, starting at verse six, just these few verses. He says this, he says in the same way, Abraham believed he had faith that God in God and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. The real children of Abraham then are those who put their faith in God, who have the same type of faith as Abraham, that despite the uncertainty, despite the unknown, I trust 
God. And what's more, the scriptures looked forward to this time when God would declare the Gentiles to be righteous because of their faith. God proclaimed this good news to Abraham long ago when he told him. See, this was the end picture Abraham was getting. All nations will be blessed through you. So all who put their faith in Christ share the same blessing Abraham received because of his faith. Your faith can be the same as Abraham's by putting that faith in God, despite the unknown. In Genesis chapter four, verse four, he says, I mean, Galatians chapter four, verse four, he says this, but when, when the right time came, in other words, Isaiah prophesied that he's, he's associated, he's written the end from the beginning. He's making it all come together for his purposes to prevail. And when that right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman. The season that we are remembering as a world. Subject to the law, God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to that law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. He becomes our everlasting father. And because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out Abba, Daddy, Father. Now you are no longer slaves to that system of the law, but God's own child. And since you are his child, God has made you his heir. So the best thing we can do in the face of uncertainty, in the face of the unknown, is to trust and obey that God's hand is in it all. And that what looks bad, he can work it out for our good and for his glory. One other person, in, in obviously in Jesus' genealogy and his lineage that I want us to see who had this fear right in front of him was the, his earthly father, Joseph. I said we'd go back to him. Joseph is being told by Mary that she is pregnant with child. They, they are not married yet. They're about to get married. Mary is saying, I'm pregnant with, with child. And Joseph is saying, that's not my child. So if it's not my child, it's somebody else's child. And you can see the scenarios that begin to play out in the mind of, of, any, of any individual. And Mary's telling him, no, 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 this, this didn't happen that way. How else can it happen? You know, and Mary's like, God made this happen. God made this happen. And so all this stuff is going on in Joseph's mind. He loves Mary. He's concerned about Mary. Obviously, he doesn't want anything to happen to Mary. So he's trying to figure out what is the best thing to do. And in his mind, the best thing to do is for them not to get married. But in a dream that after having that conversation with Mary, in a dream, an angel appears to God. Matthew records this happening in Matthew chapter one, verse 20. And he tells him this. He considered this and an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, don't be afraid. Fear not. Don't be afraid of, of what you don't know is going to happen. Don't be afraid of what you're uncertain about that's going to happen now because Mary's pregnant before you guys get married and before, and, and, and it's not your child and the story you're going to have to tell and people aren't going to understand it. It's going to be uncertain to them. It's going to be unknown of how all this is playing out to them. Fear not. Don't be afraid. Take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. So don't be afraid of those things that you don't have any idea how they're going to play out 
in your life. Don't be worried about the consequences. Have faith. See, God doesn't always give us the whole plan. Doesn't that frustrate you? God doesn't always show you the whole picture. But parents, if you're a parent in here and you go on vacation with your family, let me ask you a question. Do you give your kids the full itinerary? I know when I go on vacation, this frustrates and my kids are serving over in the preschool today, so I can talk about them and they don't shrink down in their chairs. When, when I go on vacation, when, we, when Jenny and I go on vacation, we don't tell them everything we're going to do. We don't lay every minute of every day out for them. Well, one, we don't know every minute of every day. But, but if we have some type of plan, we don't, they're, they're kind of saying, what, what are we doing next? What are we doing next? Are we doing, what are we doing? Where are we going? When are we doing this? What are we, how are we doing? When are we getting this? What are we, would you just be quiet? Just sit back and enjoy the fact that I'm even taking you anywhere. But here's the thing. We know, parents, if we give them the full thing, here's what's going to happen. They're either going to try to avoid the plan, alter the plan, argue about the plan, or miss out on what's happening now in the plan because of what's coming up next in the plan. But think about this. That's exactly why God don't tell us the whole plan. Because he knows if we hear the whole plan and everything the way it's going to play out, we're going to want to maybe avoid the plan, alter the plan, argue about the plan or miss out on what's happening right now because of what we know is coming next in the plan. God's got his purpose. We just need to trust and obey and to live by faith in him in the middle of those purposes. So God doesn't reveal everything. That's why he says, pray, give us this day, our daily bread. God, show me what you want me to do today. Lead me in this day and how I need to be a part of it. The psalmist David wrote this to, his, to, to, to people who were afraid at, at, during his time. In Psalm 37, we see him say this. He says, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness. Very simple is what David says. We don't know everything that's happening. We don't know how everything's going to play out. But here's what we do. We just trust God. We do the good that we know he, he's called us to do. We dwell where he has placed us to live. And we just stay faithful to him. So what can we do in the face of uncertainty? We just do what we know God's called us to do. Love him and love other people. And do it the best we can where he's called us to live right now. Where we're living right now. In what we're living right now. And just stay faithful to him. Dwell in the land. And cultivate faithfulness. Live where God has you. Trust him. That's why Paul wrote in his letter to Corinthians, we walk by faith, not by sight. That's why the author of Hebrews says, faith is the evidence of things not seen. Right? So there may be a time where God's going to interrupt your life. That God's going to step in and he's going to kind of place something on your heart. He's going to place, it could be as simple as something to say to someone. It could be as simple as an act of kindness to do for someone. It could be something as big as changing the whole course and direction of your life. But his, and and that purpose may not make sense to you. That plan may not make sense to you. That plan may make you uncomfortable because it's not your plan. But if God is asking you to do something or is taking you in a place, in a season where there is uncertainty and there is unknown. Here's the, the one thing we need to always remember. The outcome is, is his. Obedience is ours. 
The outcome is his. Obedience is ours. Charles Stanley, Pastor Charles Stanley, you've probably maybe heard of him. He was the pastor of First Baptist in Atlanta, one of the biggest Baptist churches. He, he was the head of SBC, I believe, at one time. He's written many, many books. He has in-touch ministries. He's, he said that his whole life was lived by this mantra, obey God and trust the consequences to him. Obey God and trust the consequences to him. I was at a conference one time and him and his son, Andy Stanley, were being interviewed and they asked him question after question. Well, how did you handle this situation? How did you do this? What led you to do that? What, I mean, it was question after question and every single answer was the same. I mean, this is an older gentleman just sitting there in a chair. Well, I obey God, trust the consequences to him. It was after about the 15th time he said it, the, 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 the people who were in attendance just started laughing because it was somewhat humorous. It was the same answer to every question that was asked. Obey God and trust the consequences to him. There's, no, there's, there's, there's nothing different. See, it didn't matter what he faced in his life, whether it was certain or uncertain. He knew his call was just to obey God. He wasn't responsible for the outcome. He wasn't responsible for any consequences. He was to obey God and what God was leading him to do and trust the consequences to him. As we wrap up this morning, I want you to look with me at one more passage from Paul. Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 1. In these few verses from this letter to the church of Ephesus. It starts in verse 9. He said, God has now revealed to us his mysterious plan regarding Christ. See, for centuries, they didn't know what the plan looked like, what the purpose was. But now Paul is saying, now he's revealed that whole purpose in Christ. A plan to fulfill what? what? His own good pleasure. Remember what Isaiah prophesied? He's in the middle of everything and he will work his purpose according to his good pleasure. And this is the plan. At the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ. See, right now we're in a place of uncertainty. Every day of our life, we don't know what tomorrow might look like. We hear all, we talked about it last week. There's all kinds of things in our world that attack our peace, that attack what's taking place in our life. They make us uncomfortable. We don't know what's happening next. But he says, here's the plan. At the right time, just like at the right time Jesus was born, at the right time, everything will one day bow its knee to the sovereignty, the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Everything in heaven and on earth. Furthermore, because we're united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God. For he chose us in advance. And he makes everything work out according to his plan. One translation says it this way. He works out everything in conformity to the purpose of his will. We know, we, we don't know what tomorrow looks like. There's things in our life that are a lot of, there's a lot of unknowns possibly right now. Uncertainties possibly in your life. Maybe there's not, maybe everything for you, everything's riding. But at some point, there's probably going to be some uncertainty and some unknown. 
even when that happens, our faith can be in the one who's at the end, who's got it all taken care of. And so we can walk by faith, not by what we see. We can walk by faith, trusting him and obeying him. I told you when I took this position that being pastor at Bethel Worship Center, that wasn't necessarily my plan. Not that I don't want to be here. My thoughts, my plans years ago as a 20-something year old were different. But God, I, I shared with you, if you were here back in July, beginning of August, the way that happened, God opened the door in a way I couldn't avoid. And even though other opportunities arose and I even applied at other places because I felt like God was leading me to do lead ministry. And I didn't want to take a place from Pastor Casey or, or make him feel like I was trying to push him out of anything. God never let any of that happen. And it's because he had a time for me in a place that I needed to be. And all I'm doing now is just being obedient and trusting the outcome to him. I don't say that because I feel like I'm some, you know, the halo is on me as the lead pastor of the church. No, that's just my example of how my plan was different than God's. But I just had to trust and obey. And the same is true for your life. There's plans in your life that might not necessarily be playing out the way you wanted or had them planned. But if God is leading it this way, if you are praying and you're seeking and you know, and you, you can see God leading it that way, trust him, obey, be obedient, leave the outcome to him. So what are you uncertain about right now that has you a little scared? What are you, what's the unknown in front of you right now that you're a little bit afraid about? Today, I would encourage you, fear not, fear not despite the circumstances around you, because this season, this time of year should remind us every day that God has a purpose and his plans will prevail. So fear not. God is in the middle of your uncertainty and the unknown in front of you. Stand with me this morning. this way this morning. Let's just, let's pray real quick. Father, I thank you for this day and for this word. I thank you, God, that in the middle of mess in our life, sometimes in the middle of situations that seem uncertain and unknown, that your word encourages us and comforts us to know that we can have faith, not in what we see, but in you you work your purposes out for our good and for your glory. So Father, we just ask that your Holy Spirit in the same way you hovered and rested over Mary so many years ago to bring about the birth of our Savior. I ask that your Holy Spirit would just rest on us today. The same comfort and the same peace that you brought to Joseph 
the middle of uncertainty, in the middle of the unknown, about what the consequences would be in his life for continuing to stay with Mary. And you you gave him the ability to, to walk in faith. God, I pray your Holy Spirit would rest on us and give us that same courage today. Church, as you continue to pray, if there's anyone, I just want to pray for you. If there's anyone in this room and you're, you're in the middle of a season, you've got things in front of you that are uncertain. You've got things in front of you that are unknown. Decisions you've got to make. You don't know what's around the corner because of that decision. You've got what, what, what's taking place in your life. You're uncertain about what the future looks like. If, that, if you would just lift up your hand, I just want to pray with you. Just lift your hand up. There's a lot. There is a lot. There's a lot. So, Father, I pray right now, you have seen every hand that's gone up in this room. And, Father, I pray for each and every individual that has lifted their hand today that says, Javen, I'm in a season of my life where I don't really know what tomorrow is going to look like. I don't really know what a week from now, two weeks from now, months from now, a year from now is going to look like. It's unknown to me. It's uncertain to me. There's a lot of mess right now in the middle of my life. Father, I pray for these individuals today. And I ask God that they can take a step back and they can see the one who is the first and the last, who's the beginning and the end, the alpha, the omega. Father, we thank you today that you're in control of everything from the beginning to the end. And I pray for every specific situation that's in this room. I can't call them all because I don't know them. But God, you know them. You are sovereign. Jesus even told us when he told his disciples to pray, God knows what you need. The Father knows what you need. So Heavenly Father, we come to you today trusting you know the needs that were represented by those hands. So we ask today by the power of the name of Jesus Christ that conquered death, hell, and the grave. And the spirit of God, which Paul says is a spirit that can give us peace, that goes beyond our understanding in the middle of the uncertainty and the unknown. We ask today that you would rest in them and that their faith can be in you. And on the other side of it all, God, they will see your purposes prevail. They will see it work out for their good and for your glory. And we give you praise for it today in Jesus' name. Amen. If you need prayer in any way today, we would love for you to reach out to us. You can go to our website, bwccambin.com, go to our contact page. You'll find a link there to request prayer or send us anything that you would like to communicate with us today. Or you can also simply text the word prayer to 803-676-7566. And we will be back in touch with you to find out how we can be in prayer for you. God bless you. We hope that you have a great week.